Before we begin today's episode, you want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters there over on Patreon. We got Aperba, Lauren L, Zach Duren, Paul Campaneshi, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrand, Hanson Screen Printing, and Rock the Green. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. You are the Ocho, keeping us going here. The Ocho. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We, of course, are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we have uh, probably one of the most important Wisconsin topics uh, that we're going to talk about today. Uh, We are talking about the history of cheese making. Uh, and uh, and the cheese roots uh, that are here in Wisconsin, <clears throat> so very important. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, we have uh, uh, for sure touched on how uh, th- you know in in previous episodes how we kind of became the dairy state, and uh, a little bit about like margarine and and uh, the Alio Wars that uh, that take uh, took place and. Um, and, and it just absolutely amazing stuff. And, and, uh, but today we just want to, you know, focus just on the cheese. Cause I think that's the first time we've done yeah. that. So, yep. uh, we have great Wisconsin music from paper Holland. Uh, we have another beer review, of course, of course, got to stay on brand. And we have another edition of how many locals you at. <sighs> Yo. Um, we also, um, uh, we have a special guest interview as yeah, well we too. Do. So, um, we uh, as always we're kind of back at the interviews, which is great because yeah, it's over exactly. the holidays. Now we can start scheduling these things again. So. Exactly, a lot harder. To, I know you guys uh, missed them, so a lot harder to get those things worked in the first couple weeks of the year. So, uh, but hey, as always, if you could uh, please kindly like, rate, review, subscribe, all that sort of stuff, wherever you listen, hit us up on social media, interact with those posts, like them, love them, comment on them, do all the things. Uh, that'll certainly help get the algorithm moving and uh, get us a little bit more exposure. So, uh, and, and of course, we also just love reading the feedback and oh, the yeah, comments I love too. That so, stuff. Uh, get involved and, and be on there. So, uh, hey, if you uh, wish to become a sponsor of the show uh, for you know, hey, basically less than it is to even you know, buy like a, a round of beers for Russ and I at a bar, or you know, a, a, a Tim Bits and a, and a coffee, you know, at uh, Tim Hortons, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, st- or really overpriced Starbucks stuff. Uh, you could definitely head over to WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. There's links to the Patreon. There's links to our uh, our episodes. You can listen right directly from there, uh, as well as uh, our T Public. So uh, we have uh, a bunch of different logo gear yeah. and merch. So uh, check that out and purchase what you will. Uh, we we try to stay on top of those thirty five percent off sales that happen pretty regularly. 
Uh, and, we and miss it sometimes. We do, yeah. but hey, if you stay on top of it and you look at that, you can save yourself a little bit of cash on a new tank top for the summer. And if you guys are looking for podcast art, we know one of the greatest graphic artists, Steph yeah. Sybeck, um, yep. amazing artist. She's the one who created all our designs, and she's also done many other podcasts and other things. So uh, if you feel if you want to even touch with us, and uh, we can put you in contact with Steph. Yes, so. yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, with all of that being uh, the the normal top of the show stuff, let's go ahead and jump into uh, cheese making. Yeah, so Wisconsin, obviously, cheese, right? I mean, yeah. what else do I need to say? But I did want, I want to get into the cheese making, which we never really touched on. We did a little bit about the butterfat tester, maybe a little bit about where it started in Koshkanong area, but I want to get yeah. deeper into this. So as consumers of cheese, the state with nearly 100 cheese factories, 600 varieties of cheese, 13 festivals devoted to cheese, place of the nation's first dairy school at UW-Madison, producing one of one out of the four pounds of cheese produced in the U.S., producers of the most national and international cheese awards anywhere in the world, 90% of the Wisconsin milk is used to make our cheese, which is roughly 2.8 billion pounds of cheese per year, originators of both Brick and Colby, home of the only master cheesemaker program outside of Europe, and the world's smelliest cheese Limburger is produced in Monroe. Wisconsin, one of the only places actually made in the world. Wow, it's a no-brainer why we have to not only brag but discuss the history of cheese. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason for making cheese dates to back before refrigeration. The earliest commercial dairies made cheese because it kept longer than milk or butter, and of course, due to the lack of transportation, most dairy products were manufactured later. Like we talked about in previous episodes, the beginning of production began in Koshkanong near Fort Atkinson, where Charles Rockwell was one of the state's earliest recorded cheesemakers using milk from the neighbor's cows and making cheese. It would be four years later the date that Ann Pickett established the first cheese-making factory in Lake Mills in 1841. Due to the feed and other things cheese taste was kind of non-consistent among areas as the feed and other factory con- contributed to the cheese's taste. So there's a lot of differentiation between different areas of our state. Right. So cheesemakers had to find a way to improve the manufacture of cheese and butter to keep things consistent and find the science to making smell and taste much more consistent between all parts of the state. So there's more of like regulation and this is what this cheese should taste like. Right, between different batches and different areas. Yes. Yeah. In the 1850s, just such a thing occurred when trained experts began to educate farmers on the importance of temperature, proper storage, techniques, but even with the farmers at first did not see much of the benefit of the specialized dairy techniques. As we talked about, the dairy was second for much of the time due to the production of wheat and dairy rose and fell in popularity among the time. And due to the wheat taking a dip and the nutrients being used up, the focus on dairy would once again take the forefront in our state. Up until 1858, cheese was produced and made by individual farms in many different ways. But J.I. Smith obtained one of the first cheese vats in the state and would become the first one in Wisconsin to start the market outside the state, shipping to Chicago. Between the 1860s and 1890s, due to the revolutionary ideas and industrial developments, the cheese started to move from the farm and small-time makers to more factory and milk being brought to the factory to produce a much more consistent, and the increase in cheese, increase of cheese just continued to rise from here, as wheat pretty much dried up completely. And remember, we stated um, we were once known as America's breadbasket, as we said before, but yeah. not the dairy state originally. But because our, we were using up all these nutrients in the soil and just kept planting wheat, 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 those nutrients and nitrogen come out of the soil. We could completely depleted it yeah. exactly so now iowa and minnesota were taking the forefront because they're new soil it was a new territory at the time right. so they're taking the forefront in the Amer- in the america's bread basket as we started as we stated that many wisconsin skilled persons come from new york area as the expansion west and similar climate to the area this brought in skilled factory workers as they brought their talents with them to the state 
1864, Chester Hazen opened what is recorded as the first true cheese factory in Wisconsin in, in Fond du Lac County. And by the end of the Civil War, there would be 30 cheese factories throughout the state. And by 1870, that number grew to 1854. The manufacturing was mostly central location in the 1880s, including Sheboygan, Greene County, and Jefferson Counties. Sheboygan's cheese was beginning to export to England and New York due to the shipping in the Great Lakes uh, ports at the time. The, factory's revolution, the factory revolution also brought higher price and more uniform quality to the cheese. The next big improvement was the Babcock Butterfat Tester, which we talked about previously, yeah, yep. which was developed at UW-Madison by Professor Stephen M. Babcock. The, Babcock. This was a way to test if farmers were diluting the milk with water or detecting other imperfections, such as farming skimming off some of the cream. This helped ensure the most utmost quality of the milk being used in the cheese. All the leaders began to organize to ensure the milk was not being adulterated, and the best qualities that would eventually come from in the 1870s, which is known as the Wisconsin Dairymen's Association. And due to the eclectic European settlers in the state, many, t many styles of cheese were being produced. Swiss, obviously from the Swiss population, being higher in the Greene County area. Italians brought the mozzarella prov provolone and gorgonzola cheeses. The French settlers brought um, Camembert and Brie and varieties of more funky cheeses like blue cheese. The Germans bring in the Munster, the Limburger, and English bringing the Cheddar, Dutch bringing the Gouda and uh, the Edam cheese, and new cheese produced here in Wisconsin, like the Brick and Colby cheeses, were made right here in the state. Yum. And even the Brick cheese, there's also one called Farmer's Cheese, which is similar, but it was also yeah. kind of, uh, it's, it's like a branch off the Brick. Sure. The state would just rise from here. By the 1920s, 2,800 cheese factories existed in the state. Wisconsin also began the first state to greatest cheese for quality in 1921. And today, the state leads in the number of dairy farms, 11,400 to be exact, 126 factory cheese producers. If you want more history regarding, I recommend heading to Monroe to the cheese making or the cheese historic cheese making facility. Absolutely. And try to schedule it around cheese days. Stop in at Alpendel and have here some amazing yodeling and a tour. If you need some brews after the fact, Monroe has breweries, including Minhas, <laughs> which has a distillery and a winery. Yeah. Or there's actually a craft brewery, I believe, on the square, Bullquarian, I believe, is yeah, the one on yeah. the square there. And if you feel brave enough to stop at uh, Bumgarner's, you got to try the Limburger cheese. Mm -hmm. I've done it with mustard and onion, which took the edge off, but... I'm going to be honest. You're going to need a mint after the fact. Oh, yeah. It's a you're not going to get cheese. any. You're not going to get any frisky biz from the uh, woman you're bringing with you there after you eat a Limburger sandwich. No. You know, mm. like And that. also, if you visited Minhas, nothing's going to work after you visit there. You know what? Anything tastes good after Minhas because I, I did the trifecta where oh, I yeah. did the brewery, the winery, and the distillery oh, all yeah. in one day. And I'm going to be honest, like I had trouble finding a place to stay. So I had to like basically chill downtown eating cheese sandwiches at Bumgarner's to kind yeah. of absorb some of the liquor. It's an intense uh, uh, little setup there. Minhas is a, a great uh, brewery, uh, a great little facility. Uh, and then obviously their distillery and winery, great products. Uh, but the, trying to work all three of those in one day is like, oh. And remember, I think it was like, what, it was 30 minutes all you can drink at, right uh, after. at the brewery tour, at the brewery. for sure. Yeah. And the distillery is more of a tasting, and so is the winery. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you just get lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, basically the last 30 minutes of the whole thing is you in the in the tasting room with whatever group you were with, and it's just a free-for-all. 
I remember at UW-Madison, a lot of kids, would, we'd give money to kids from UW-Madison to go get beer because the yeah. beer is so much cheaper if you get it right from Minhas. Yeah. But you can get a freaking cube for like $9.99. Oh, yeah. If cheaper sometimes. And and it's better beer than like hams. Oh, yeah. So Because hams you could probably get for 9 bucks. They have like but. hammer lager or something, which is a pretty, not that bad. And like a lot of kids would do that. And Minhas actually Huber, has their own. Huberbach. Oh, yeah, Huberbach. We got to do an episode on Huber. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting history, Joseph too. Huber. Joseph Huber. Yeah, yeah, in the Huber dorm, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it all started there. Um, but yeah, it, that just gives you kind of a little cool weekend in Greene County, too. And uh, obviously, I'm a huge cheese person. Eric, do you have a favorite type of cheese that you like? Um, I mean, it, all your staples. I mean, honestly, all of the normal ones that you can get right from your own normal grocery store, great. But there's some ones that I've never even tried that camembert. That was probably the first time I've ever seen that even listed. Uh, I've, I've actually never had that. And yeah. I don't even know if I pronounced it right because it's French. And I apologize to our listeners if I did pronounce no, it incorrectly. And, and they're they're tough ones to pronounce because French. they are from different areas. And uh, but so, I mean, hey, you know, one of my favorites, uh, obviously, aged cheddar of any sort. Uh, okay. If you get too deep in there, it starts to get a little funky. But I'm not I'm you know, I tried to get down with the funky cheeses. Like maybe I'll do blue with some hot wings. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. about uh, the only funky cheese I really get into. Yep. I've tried uh, beer, Kasse, I think is how you say it. It's a German beer. That one was like, it smelled like a dirty sock, and it like made me want to puke in my mouth. I know. It was bad. Sometimes it's tough to get over this. I mean, like when it comes to cheese, I'm kind of a basic bitch, I'm going to say. Yeah, like, me too. I, I like, um, like the brick, and I like Colby. Colby. And like really light cheeses. Mo- mozzarella. Mozzarella. I'm Parmesan. kind of a basic bitch when it comes to cheese. I do like to try like some flavored cheeses once in a while, like wine-aged cheeses and stuff. Like I'll try once in a while, and it's yeah. really good. But I'm just more of a basic bitch when it comes to freaking cheeses. I'm I kind agree. of vanilla, dude. Me too. All right, so over to our music segment, of course, here at the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, we enjoy featuring and highlighting uh, a new Wisconsin-based artist or or musician or band uh, on every episode, try to give you a little bit of an idea of what this damn state's got to offer with all the amazing uh, uh, artistry and stuff that we have here. I mean, uh, some of the best bands I've heard come right from our back door so and, and we were just talking about that on the uh, playboy club recording studio how wisconsin is such an eclectic it's different because they don't yeah. follow the city trends it's kind of all over the place which is great yeah and and uh, a lot of really good stuff and today's band is absolutely following that exact same uh, thought uh, this is paper holland they are from the milwaukee area they draw influences anywhere from like death cab for cutie uh, you said uh, they might be giants. Yeah, when right? I first heard this, I I got a feel for like uh, they might be giants. A little Scott feel like the Mighty Mighty Boston's a little bit with the trumpet in the background, but just like kind of that poppy like um, with a trumpet, kind of like a little bit of an '80s feel too to it. I'm yeah. getting a little bit like that. Like um, I'm trying to think of there's another band I just can't think of it off the top of my head, but kind of that like '80s alternative. Yeah, um, just and, really cool and definitely poppy. Uh, it's got. Oh, Oingo good. Boingo is kind of the one I was thinking sure. of with like the trumpets, kind of the weirder sound from like the 80s. But like, yeah, you're definitely getting the Cure vibe a right. little bit too. It's it's just good stuff. Like those early days of uh, of kind of like pop punk, you know, it's got that yeah. same drive to it, but it, it, it might be a little bit more on that poppy side. Um, kind of experimental, you know, ish too, you know, as well. Uh, uh, definitely not something that you're just going to hear off of uh, the store shelves either. So they throw in 
some really neat aspects uh, to their music. And again, <clears throat> the trumpet just, hooks, man. Yes. Like I, I was just, we were just listening to it and like, it's still stuck in my head. That's exactly what happens <laughs> like, too. And then you find yourself whistling to it or, or you know, yeah, just so, so cool. Good. Yeah. It's just so, amazing. So, um, it, so the, uh, the song that we featured, uh, uh, for them is you're not there. Uh, this is uh, again, paper Holland, uh, from the Milwaukee area. Again, that was music from Paper Holland from Milwaukee. The song was You're Not There. Uh, I advise, yeah, so first of all, great music, awesome band, uh, really, really cool. They also recently covered uh, Lost in the Supermarket, uh, a great song. Uh, I would advise definitely go check out their band camp. Uh, They're on Spotify as well. Uh, So 
Go give them some love. Listen to their music. They're absolutely phenomenal. Let's jump to a beer review. What do we got? Yeah, so we're going, uh, after our Lake Louie one, we're going with Wisconsin Brewing Company. And for those that don't know, actually, uh, they kind of teamed, they're kind of joining forces now. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin, Wisconsin Brewing Company, Brewing, Lake Louie. They bought them, yeah. Yeah, so now they're kind of team up, and now they got like a a duo of awesome brews. And this was one that I saw, and I knew Eric would probably like it as well. It's uh, called Sandy Cheeks, and it's a yeah. pineapple Hefeweizen. Yeah. And I don't know about Eric, but I love pineapple. Yeah, yeah. And today is like freaking freezing balls, and this kind of has like that island feel, which I needed today. I need to be transported to somewhere, you know, Hot and sweaty. Yeah, I'm, it's it's pretty it's pretty nipply today. So, mm-hmm. and this one's coming in at five point five percent ABV. Pours clear, super bubbly, clear, great, nice head. Yeah, little hints of pineapple, light. I love it. Yeah, Hefeweizens are always kind of in that uh, that low bitterness anyway, and they're they're lighter beer. Uh, always that kind of beautiful golden hue. Uh, a nice light beer. Uh, you know, just barely there. It's a good drinkability. Sessionable is what uh, you would might be able to call it because again it's lower five point five percent ABV. You can handle that lower right? ABV, so it's a very sessionable beer, uh, very delicious. Yeah, I really love it. Like, and I'm wondering how they infuse a pineapple if they use like a pineapple juice, but probably the, like a ray gun. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's like a it's science for sure. Yeah, um, but it's very good. Like, so the beer is very malty. Like, you can taste the maltiness of the hefeweizen, yeah. kind of the wheat, weedy kind of like whatever um, grains they're using. Yeah, you're getting and, that uh, grain taste, but that pineapple is coming through very nice. It's a nice note, subtle, but just amazing at this time of year. Like, I needed this vitamin C in brew. Yeah, it's like a nice, uh, you know, citrusy pineapple kick to the nuts. You know. Yeah, no, it's like you're sitting on the beach sipping one of these, and I'm just daydreaming about the summer again because like it's pretty cold. You, you know, like we always say, January, February, March, pretty rough here in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. It's like negative temperatures for weeks on end. and Yeah, and, and what's cool is, uh, you know, it's in the last, you know, few years for sure. Uh, December hasn't really been that rough for us. It, it's been quite a while yeah, since it was we've actually had a really mild. rough one. Um, but now, I mean, my curds are bundled up tight. Oh, God, it's cold. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah, nuggets. And I actually have some, like, freaking under long johns on, and I'm still a little cold today. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's literally, I mean, it's it's the worst time that it could possibly be in January. February, it starts to lighten up a little bit towards the end. March is kind of that, it's a hit that or miss. stupid lingering, you know, into to March and April where you're like, come it's, on. It gets soupy, swampy, and then it gets cold yeah. again. And then it gets, like, all the muck, like, you can see your boot prints freeze up in the, oh, yeah. in the, in the mud. But this one's great because yeah. it's bringing me to a summertime feel. The vitamin C I need right now. I'm looking pretty pale and uh, oh, kind of yeah. look like I've been in a basement for a while. So yeah, dude, <laughs> playing some video games. You got Stockholm and, syndrome. You're starting to fall in love with your captor, man. It reminds me of being in high school again, sucking down dues and playing Xbox. <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't see the outside at all. No, I was white yeah. as a ghost. You were just playing the video games and drinking all of uh, all of the the Mountain Dew and and Coke. <laughs> yeah. All your dad's Coke. The Beatus is hard. Yeah, dude, time. it was smacking you right upside. Hot pockets and Mountain Dew, baby. Macho Man of Beatus, <laughs> Mountain Dew. You were but, rocking and rolling, baby. But no, we really recommend this one. It's super good. It's a pineapple hefeweizen. Awesome, sandy cheeks. Never want sand in your cheeks. I'm gonna be honest. It's a little gritty. I've I've had it happen. Yeah. Have you ever had a sand in your shorts where it got into the uh, mm-hmm. the old gooch? Yep. Holy smokes. Yeah, you're working on making a pearl in there. Sandpaper in the inside, making it nice and smooth. <laughs> Holy smokes, is that hurt? But 
No, again, check this one out. It's uh, currently on tap at Wisconsin um, Brewing Company. I don't know if you can get it in the stores. I actually don't know. I got it on tap, Growler. Yeah. So I actually don't know what the can looks like either. Yeah. Because we got a Growler. It's just you can see the coloration through the Growler. Good brew though. I'm sure they got good art for it. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Sandy cheeks. Gotta I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to see an ass. Might cheek be raw, an explicit. A red raw ass art. cheek, but. Again, yeah, check this one out. Sandy Cheeks, 5.5% ABV. See if you can get it in the stores. Otherwise, head to Wisconsin Brewing Company. We can get Lake Louie now and Wisconsin Brewing Company. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. And do we got a good one for you for the How Many Locals segment? Coming from a, actually a grocery store that's pretty common here in Wisconsin. Started in Janesville, yeah. Woodman's. Yeah, brown... A nice brown paper bag uh, with the the old smiling sun and the, and the weird barn and the silo. And the little apple. Yeah. So, yeah, Woodman's. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if there's Woodman's out of state. Is there Woodman's out of state? I don't know. I, I think, think there are some in Illinois, I believe. But I don't, I don't know. It's mostly central to Janesville, this area. Kind yeah. Of. It's so, a, an employee-owned kind of corporation. So if you work there, you're kind of part owner. You know, I you're remember that's cheap. You're not stocking shelves, but you're... Getting stocks. Oh, yeah. Except they're not publicly traded. So. Okay. Uh, but uh, so this one is a 49-year-old Kenosha man faces his seventh drunk driving offense. Whoa. Um, and uh, four other, uh, I believe, uh, criminal charges as well. Um, this was from uh, back in November here. Uh, so the individual uh, was at the 5500 block of Green Bay Road. This is in Kenosha. Uh, is charged with the misdemeanor count of retail theft two misdemeanor Oof. bail jumping counts and a felony bail jumping count in uh, in this latest case. Um, court records indicate that this individual is accused of theft at Woodman's in Kenosha. Um, the, uh, the Kenosha County Circuit Court Commissioner imposed a $2,500 cash bond. Um, and Ooh, uh, so that, that was at the preliminary hearing. And... Um, I guess he waived his right to a preliminary hearing in the DUI case and was uh, bound over for trial. Uh, he earlier had posted uh, $5,000 cash bond. Uh, he is due back in court. Uh, uh, that was actually just like last week. Um, so we probably, we could maybe find some, some you know, not any more info, but find out like, you know, I guess what he might have been sentenced to. But so he got a he got a DUI too. Yeah. Okay. From from uh, driving to Woodman's to steal some shit. Okay. He left and uh, not only was he uh, found guilty of uh, robbing and theft, but uh, of driving drunk. Do you so. think he listened to our podcast and tried to slip a fucking sausage log in his drawers? He might have. Oof. Yeah, this is bad. Bad news. So uh, in the DUI case, a Wisconsin State Patrol trooper was flagged down uh, by a passerby who stated there had been a vehicle rollover Oof. on westbound uh, uh, that was on Highway K. That was in the town of Paris. So a preliminary breath test did not show the presence of alcohol, but police believed he had definitely been under the oh, influence. Oh, And this was of narcotics. Holy smokes. So this one happens to be one of those ones that it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of trying to figure out how they figured out the narcotics here. So, uh, looks like during a search, the troopers found a substance in his pocket. Uh, he admitted was heroin, uh, oh, along with a glass my. pipe. Uh, so that's according to that criminal complaint. So he's so. he's smoking some H H train. Oh here. yeah, oof, yeah. and he's robbing some sausage logs too. Yeah, oof, getting some cheese whips and some sausage logs and Oberweiss milk. <laughs> 
stole it all, and then smoked a little H, rolled his car in the ditch. Idiot. Oof. So we got we got uh we got Woodman's involved. We got a forty nine year old man. We have a stolen sausage log in the pants, rolled over car, county K, yep. Kenosha police involved. What do you think here? Clements, Oberweiss. That's what he had. Wyoiga. He's trying to get it all down his drawers. He was just going straight Wisconsin product and going like this. H, baby. I'm yeah. on it. Triple H. Triple H. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> he got he got gnarly on some fucking heroin, man. You think so? Like he was wearing some like rolled I'm, his I'm, Pontiac. I'm just know guessing he's, ro- he's either wearing sweats or like MC Hammer parachute pants, dropping yeah. some shit down into yeah. the pant leg. I was thinking slick pants. You know them kind with oh, the Adidas yeah. like slicker pants, wind wind jacket so, oh, pants. Oh, so it's easy to slide the stuff down there. Yeah, you got less coefficient of friction moving on the pants. It just slides right down. Yeah, <laughs> to put it to uh, engineerically, uh, you know, <laughs> coefficient of friction. Was low because of silk on the pants. Slipped the sausage logs right down. Stopped at the leg because there's no way out. <laughs> so. Sounds like you're doing the uh, <laughs> the uh, um, the JFK Oliver Stone back and to the left, back <laughs> and to the left. Uh, but no, no but, we don't really actually have liquor involved. But there right. is a driving under the influence, so there was a DUI involved. Right too, now, so. we've got a, a very tough challenge ahead of us. This is the H. To loco conversion, uh, we've done a meth. I think meth to loco, meth, yeah, some cannabis to you know, but it's like H to loco is like, uh, I mean, we need a whiteboard and we need erasers, two and physics, a professors. lot of markers, <laughs> physics professors. We're gonna need a mountain of cigarettes and uh, a lot of monster energy. CSI teams, CSI teams. We're gonna need dogs, cats. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> All right. So I don't know. I actually don't know how to convert this one. I mean, the fact that he I rolled his no car, idea. he had a lack of judgment from stealing food. I mean, I kind of have a number. I guess he rolled his car. He was messed up. He left here kind yeah. of half-assed. <laughs> he was definitely not himself. I'm, how did H they fuck? doesn't stand for healthy. Do you think, do you think like, the, the groceries that were in his pants kind of went all over the road when he rolled it, though? Oh, like, dude. Yeah. I'm hoping that he... Uh, that he had insurance on his car too, because my snack sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good I don't luck know. getting teriyaki snack sticks out of your fucking seats, dude. Oh yeah, this is gonna bad smell idea. like sausage for weeks. You're gonna have a bad idea. Bad. Okay, so I think I have a number here. We got to kind of figure out a way to convert this, and I kind of have a number here because remember, sixteen loco is like blackout, right? Yeah. So I think I have to convert the H train to uh, loco. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk through the conversion really quick. I'm thinking one can of four loco equals four lokes. I'm thinking that one can of four loco might equal one H. <laughs> one H. That's the conversion yeah. rate. Four to one, huh? Yeah, it's a four to one conversion. Yep. Um, so. I don't have any experience with H, so I no. can't tell you, but I'm guessing he's starting to doze off. Yeah. I've seen dozers. H is one of those ones where you could stand you could stand straight up but be sleeping and you'll never fall over. Like you're on some you're on some shit, man. Spoons and needles just that don't work for me. Dude. Bad idea. So I'm I kinda have an idea. So he's kinda like passed out. So when you when you start passing out, you're about a sixteen loco, right? So I'm thinking it's a little before the sixteen loco here. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking fourteen fifteen. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, my my initial guess was thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, 
He's crashing 12. from the fourteen. Yeah, he's crashing from the fourteen local, kind of coming down. So maybe a little, maybe a thirteen local meet in the middle there. What yeah. do you think? Like a thirteen local on this. So maybe like close to like a three or four meth or uh, heroin. Yeah, what's the but meth like conversion? 12, I forget you know, our meth conversion. Four to one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's okay. So I think a thirteen local. Does that sound okay with you? Eric? Yeah. All right, let's go thirteen local. Hit that gavel. All right, today we're here with Abby from Downdrins. How are you doing, Abby? Good. How are you guys? We're doing great. Good. Yeah. So can you tell us about uh, Downdrins and how you guys got your start? Yeah. So Downdrins Distilling, um, we're a small family-owned distillery in Cottage Grove, Wisconsin. Um, it's just on the east side of Madison. Um, we, My husband and I are chemical engineers, and we knew that um, kind of like the craft beverage industry was really of interest to us. And really fits with the Madison area um, where we live. And so we just kind of started looking into it and originally had been talking about doing a brewery and met some people running a distillery while still working full-time jobs and had little kids. And we had experienced distilling and just kind of looked at each other basically. We're like, why have we never thought about distilling instead of brewing? Because that's more of our experience anyways. And just kind of dove in from there. Um, You know, we really set out to create a company that we would be very community oriented, supporting local organizations, supporting local um, businesses, local producers. And it's been really cool to actually get past the, oh, this is our mission statement and goals and really be in that space now. It's been very rewarding to work with, you know, all different Midwest or, you know, primarily even Wisconsin um, farmers to get our products to help make our spirits. So, um, and it's, it's been really great. Yeah, no, I, and we were just talking off the air about how you guys kind of saved the day for our little small company uh, with the hand sanitizer, which is just incredible what you guys did. Yeah, it was definitely unexpected or something we didn't plan for. I mean, certainly yeah. nobody planned for COVID, but I definitely would not have expected to, you know, have pivoted our business as much as we ended up having to. I mean, we basically got shut down because we couldn't serve drinks inside for like 13 months. Yeah. Um, And yeah, we went from never making a drop of hand sanitizer to producing like 20,000 gallons a day within three, four weeks. And by the end, I think within, uh, it was probably three to four months of really heavy production. We made at least like 800,000 gallons or something crazy like that. Wow. And it it was shipped all over the country. I mean, certainly um, we had a lot of local businesses and individuals that we were, you know, selling stuff just out of our shop to. We had different partners that were kind of distributors that sold stuff nationwide. So, yeah, it just, it was totally unexpected and, and I'm, I'm really glad we were able to do it and 
sell an affordable, reasonable product for yeah. people that were trying to be safe themselves and trying to get their businesses back open as well. So, and as well as first responders, I mean, it was everybody under the sun. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, and so I wanted to say too, um, with, with Doundrins, um, I've, I've noticed at um, Woodman's, you guys had a tasting and do you guys have any of those lined up? Cause that was amazing to try a whole bunch of different spirits you guys offer. Yeah. So we're actually in like over 600 locations throughout Wisconsin. Um, and so we have, I think like seven or eight brand ambassadors right now that are just out doing tastings basically constantly all over um, our territories that were covered. So certainly Woodman's, we have, you know, high V chains. We do stuff in just a huge gambit of places from, you know, local small businesses like our coffee producer is a company in Madison called Barit. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And so we do tastings there sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really and, beat uh, coffee and a little bit of uh, liquor in there, especially in this cold oh, yeah, weather. So. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But yeah, and then we were going to ask too, um, when it comes to Doundrins, um, can we visit you guys? No, I know COVID's kind of weird and we just wanted to see if you had events or if we can come visit you and uh, come see the distillery. Oh, yeah. We're open year round. Um, we do have a huge outdoor cocktail garden that's like 11,000 square feet. We do wow. lots of different events from live music to we have a Bloody Mary Fest that we're going to start an annual Bloody Mary Fest. Um, the first one will be this upcoming March. We have different like makers markets. We're going to do like an adult book fair. We're bringing... Um, like WWE style, like minor league wrestling oh, yes. this year out. Nice. It's going to be great. Well, you just so caught all our sorts attention. Of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all sorts of stuff outside, which is primarily kind of like March through October, you know, whenever it's tolerable. But then we also, we are open year round. So even now we're open six days a week. The only day we're closed is Mondays. So we're open, you know, Tuesday through Sunday and have an indoor space where people can come and sit at the bar. It's kind of a, a, a bit of a different feel than in the summer. It's, it's very um, family friendly. And I mean, we are family friendly in the winter as well, but it's definitely more like the kind of chill indoor vibe yeah. scene. So yeah, we, we definitely can have people out and um, still are open six days a week. Amazing. Awesome. And then we we're going to ask too. So uh, we, we've, we've tried quite a few of the spirits. Is there anything new and maybe a limited release we need to try soon before it's gone? So we have a couple bottles left, maybe a couple cases left of our, we have two products that are very limited release that we do seasonally. One is our barrel aged maple liqueur. So it's our maple liqueur, but then we barrel age it. Um, and so that's cool. We have some of that left. I think we're down to the last couple bottles in house of that. Okay. And then, you know, it's kind of dispersed around in the market and you might like find a bottle somewhere, or, <laughs> right, you know, right. a couple yeah, bottles yeah. somewhere. Um, so that one's really great. And then um, we also do a really limited release product that we only sell in our um, tasting room, which is a mint liqueur. Um, so that we take, 
we grow mint outside in our cocktail garden and then we take the mint at the end of the season before it all freezes and we make a mint liqueur and it's great we do um we do like a spiked hot chocolate with that in-house and then it's also great just like as a shot too so um it's it's a that one's really we do very little of that that one's super limited yeah um but we do have a couple cases left in house of that still and are serving like i said those spiked hot chocolate drinks amazing um, while supplies last well abby i gotta say not all heroes wear capes you guys have kept us warm in the winter and also saved us from this covid disaster we've been going through and we wanted to thank you on top of the interview here so (laughs) thank you so much yeah, thank you guys. And then before we let you go, um, are you up for answering a few questions to find out how Wisconsin are you? Sure. All right, let's see what we I'm got. I'm going to fail miserably. Oh, no worries. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to beer brats, is there a beer you guys use for your beer brats or recommend? Um, Honestly, I think that if you're going to do that, for me, just kind of like a – cheapy domestic is great yeah, yeah for <laughs> and sure. I, I i have to say that i'm i'm kind of like since covid especially leaning pre- pretty heavily into pbr so oh yeah we'll, we'll call we'll say pbr is my recommendation that's that's the correct answer <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. the next question i got to is um how do you like your old fashions and uh, do you guys have a brandy we should try to make old fashions with sure so I am going to break your radio station and tell you that I don't drink old fashions, okay. but I'm not from Wisconsin. Okay. So that's <laughs> so Brandy's not in your wheelhouse. So. Uh, Brandy is not typically my wheelhouse. Okay. Um, but we do, I will say that if I'm going to drink an old fashioned, it is our downdrin's old fashioned, which we do it a little differently. Um, so obviously you can get it um, sweet or sour, but, we have an immature brandy that is, um, we age it less time. It's all Midwest grapes. Um, so it really is just a more dominant grape flavor rather than just being overwhelmed by like a barrel taste. Yeah. We also don't add any extra f- sugar to it. So it's not overly unnecessarily sweet. So you can really taste the spirit. Um, and then we, just use fresh so it's our immature brandy um and then we use fresh fruit and we don't do any extra sugar so it really allows the the brandy itself to be the focus great and yeah so the next one i got then um bloody mary's um how do you like bloody mary's and is there a vodka you guys offer that we need to try to make bloody mary's out of okay so this one is definitely a winner um in our book so if i'm gonna make it certainly i want it spicy that's that's my jam and um but i don't want just heat for heat's sake and so we do make we have a couple different vodka products or other products that are really great in bloodies um namely number one we have a spicy pepper vodka and that is made with like six to eight different peppers from a bunch of different farmers within like 45 minutes of us. So it's not black pepper. It's like fresh peppers. Yeah. And so, you know, it's spicy, but you can actually taste um, the, there's almost this year's batch was super great. Um, you can almost taste like a fruitiness in the, the peppers themselves. Cause they're kind of like, 
some of the ones I get are almost kind of citrusy. It's really cool. Awesome. Um, so it's spicy, but it's actually interesting and not just heat for heat's sake. And then we also do a cucumber vodka, and then we make an aquavit, which is uh, another savory kind of herbal drink um, that we find those things are really great in bloodies. Yeah. Great. But the spicy pepper great. is the winner is, is my favorite for sure. I'm interested in that. I love spicy stuff. So I'm all yeah, for that. Definitely. So. Oh, okay. So the next one I got, um, it's kind of a Wisconsin staple uh, when it comes to supper clubs. Do you guys have a favorite that you like to enjoy? At this point, I, I don't have a favorite. We're so busy with the distillery I that I just like. <laughs> yeah, I well, and I still and I still have a full time job, so that's oh, and yeah. two little kids, so it's just sheer chaos. She, <laughs> and we don't have any family like immediately in the area either, so we don't have a lot of nights to go out. <laughs> so you basically you basically got three jobs, so. I get, oh, yeah. so, <laughs> I get it and then uh, I was going to ask too um, so from not being from Wisconsin um, what do you consider to be up north Wisconsin oh my well we have my husband is from Wisconsin so but we have um, like we have a lot of fun going up to uh, a family cottage that we have that's like 45 minutes north of Green Bay, so it's not super far up there, That's but it at least uh, gets us away from the the bustle of Madison, and we have almost no phone reception, and yeah. um, just got internet like <laughs> yeah. two weeks ago so it's fairly off the grid so that's that's what i would consider up north for us great and so i got one more for you before we let you go today um besides Downdrins, um is there another distillery tour uh you recommend checking out besides you guys um distillery tours i would say i haven't really done any big distillery tours in the area but we really um kind of in a similar vein we did new galeris's hard hat tour yeah yeah um which you have to book like a year in advance and it's a small group of i mean it was maybe 15 people um and you get to see kind of some more behind the scenes stuff there that just their regular free walking tour um, that's open to the public at any time you can't see on that. And we got to meet like the head, you know, brewer and the owner um, and kind of talk with different people about just how their process works and very behind the scenes. And that was a really great experience. It's also very, you know, it's a Wisconsin only brand um, as everybody here knows but that was a really really great one that we've done um in the last couple of years that i would absolutely recommend to anybody awesome, awesome abby thank you so much for your time today and thank you for your contributions to wisconsin and uh, we hope to see you guys soon and uh, maybe we can share a drink and uh, talk some more history and other things oh that would be great you'll have to let me know and we can definitely meet up with you out at the distillery awesome awesome thank you abby enjoy the rest of your sunday Yep, thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch watch out for deer on your way home. home.